Grace and peace and God's blessings to every single one of you. My name is Pastor Gloria Boyce and I want to welcome you all to the Billionaire Consciousness Expansion. We're going to have a wonderful Holy Ghost time in the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. This evening we're talking about Christ comes to our human awareness. And we're looking for five readers. The first is Acts 17 verse 24 to 28. The second is Revelation 22, verses 3 to 5. The third is Isaiah 2, verses 20 to 22. The fourth is John 12, verses 43 to 45. And the fifth is John 10, verses 25 to 27. Now, this evening's session is called Christ comes to our human awareness. I want you to just listen to understand. Believe me, the Spirit of God is taking you somewhere. And the reason why He's taking you because He feels you're ready. Even if you feel you're not ready, He feels you're ready. So Christ comes to our human awareness. The Christ, this great truth, comes to our human awareness. It is said that the Christ is born in the manger. But that manger is your human awareness. What happens then to your human awareness? It begins to be dispelled. It becomes vitalized. This Christ, this great truth, of infinite presence and power come to you while you are yet depending on man whose breath is in his nostrils. It comes to you while you are yet depending on human government and organization. It comes to you in some degree while you are depending on dollars and investment and in some degree while you are depending on medicine. It comes to you and it says, Entertain me a little while and watch these other things disappear. Are you hearing me, somebody? Then soon you will begin to love me for my own sake, not for the loaves and the fishes. Sometimes when this Christ comes to our consciousness, we have to take it down into Egypt. We have to hide it. We all have friends and relatives who want to get their hands on it. They will attempt to show us the error in ourselves and in the world. They do not see that we have come 40, 90, nearly 90% from the old man that were and that we are grateful for this much progress and can afford to be patient in attaining the remaining 10%. Our friends and our relatives, they don't see that. We no longer enjoy drinking. And we no longer care to spend so much time on movies. They do not realize that we have come into something higher and more satisfying. So we must carry our Christ into Egypt. We have to live in the world. 
but not be of it. Amen and amen, amen. I hope you understand what I mean by taking your Christ into Egypt. You have to hide it. You have to protect it. You have to keep it safe within the... You have to ponder it in your heart like Mary. Ponder that thing. Hold on to it. Amen. So now we will go to the word of the Lord. First reader, Acts 17, verse 24 to 28. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Here endeth the reading of the word. Praise be to God. Next reader, Revelation 22, verses 3 to 5. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there should be no night there, and no need, no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Praise be to God. Next reader, Isaiah 2, verses 20 to 22. In that day, a man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they made each one for himself to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the ragged rocks, for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty, when he ariseth to shake the terrible earth, Cease ye from man, whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Next reader, John 12, verses 43 to 45. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. Then Jesus cried out, When a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. 
when he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. Here ended the reading of the word. Praise be to God. Next reader, John 10, verses 25 to 27. Jesus answered them, I told you, and he believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But he believed not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they followed me. The word of the Lord. Praise be to God. So, as I said in the preamble, we must carry our Christ into Egypt. We have to live in the world, but not of it. In some cases, we must conform to the standards of human existence. Even while within our own being, we realize that this phrase of existence is over. And so, we gratefully come out of Egypt. We come back with our Christ. Ultimately, we come out into the open with it. But when we do, we receive a great shock. We find that we in a temple where we thought was holy ground, only to find the money changes there. And we say, what is this I have been a part of? And what comes out? The old whip. That is bad business because we are resorting to force. Hear me, listen to me very carefully. Listen. I want you to understand because this is what happens. In some cases, we must conform to the standards of human existence. Even while within our own being, we realize that that phase of existence is over. And so we gratefully come out of Egypt. We come out of hiding. We come back with our Christ ultimately we come into the open with it but when we do we receive a great shock we find that we are in a temple which we thought was holy ground only to find the money changes there and we say what is this I've been a part of and out comes the old whip that is bad business because we are resorting to force and even Jesus did not succeed in purifying the temple by means of force. It is true that in subsequent years, attempts that were made to reform the church succeeded. But many others failed. No human organization, religious, political, or commercial can be purified unless that purification comes about as a result of the transformation of the consciousness of those comprising the organization hear me please and understand god give you a brain to understand you must understand and do and stop this castles in the sky this pie kind of thing no human organization religious political or commercial can be purified 
unless the purification comes about as the result of the transformation of the consciousness of those comprising the organization. No business has more integrity than the consciousness of the man or group of men who own it. No president in our government or prime minister will ever bring more integrity into the government that he has in his own being. Are you hearing me, somebody? Please understand. And stop uh, this blind faith in people. Trust God. No business has more integrity than the consciousness of the man or group of men who own it. No president or prime minister in our government will ever bring more integrity into that government than he has in his own being. It is the same with the church government. And Jesus found that out. He started to drive the money changers out. But they came right back. We have all been through certain phases of church work. And I found that for a year or perhaps for three years, our church has manifested a, a, a goodly degree of divine reality and has really shown forth the principle for which it stood. Then came a new board or a new leader and the old situation were right back again. And so after we have tried our best to purify the temple and found that it did not work, we go out and form the temple and preach by the wayside. And that is why I want to talk to you about this podcast. We preach wherever our voice will find a listener, whether by a roadside, on a mountaintop, in a field, or by the side of the sea. Like Paul, we do not care whether we We go to the Gentiles or to the Hebrews. We carry the message to anyone who will listen in the hope that here and there someone will catch the vision. And we learn that Christ comes only to that consciousness that is prepared for it. Hear me please. We learn that the Christ comes only to that consciousness That is prepared for it. Now, when we look at the crucifixion, all the rooms in the inn were filled. There was only one little manger that was ready for the birth, the birth of Christ. One little manger that was ready for the birth of Christ. Here is one. And there is one who is ready, anxious for something better than Censorous living. Many others heard the words, but only those who have ears to hear and eyes to see heard and see the message. So the Christ goes up and down the shores of Galilee, into and out of Jerusalem. The human being who is beginning to entertain the Christ has both mountaintop experience and valley experience. Hear me please to understand. The human being who is beginning to entertain the Christ has both mountaintop experiences and valley experiences. When it comes to the valley experiences, that is where most of us 
fail in our progress. We dislike the valley experiences and we become impatient with them. If we had studied thoroughly the life of our Master, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we would remember that although he went up to the mountain top and had the experience of transfiguration, probably the highest demonstration ever attained on earth, he also went to the foot of the mountain and there healed and fed the multitudes, not only once, but a second time, and then rebuked them for their lack of understanding of the principles. Had Jesus promised us that the Christ way was an easy way, we should know by now that we are all on the wrong path, for we are not finding it easy. We are having trials and tribulations, always of a varied nature. Yet, what's the problem of a diseased body has been surmounted through our realization of the Christ? We do not have too many of such experiences. We have a cold or wear our glasses for a while, but that is so unimportant. Our spiritual sense of health carries us forward and this or that little annoyances doesn't bother us too much in the same way once we have worked out the problem of supply in our consciousness through the realization of the Christ we do not have to worry again we may have periods when we do not have an overabundance of supply but we have learned that manna falls day by day. We do not care whether our bank account is or is not equal to tomorrow or today after tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. When we have overcome the fear of money, the fear of lack of it, and the fear of tomorrow, we will not have the fear of not having supply even though we may not have an over over abundance but we will have enough for manna falls day by day even if circumstances should take us through periods of limitation we can be assured that once we have touched the Christ we no longer need have any concern or worry about them and only rarely after that do we know lack or limitation. Health and poverty are relative things. And a person who has even a slight understanding of any of the spiritual teachings in the world is not bothered too much whether he has $10 or $10,000. He knows that in either case, it is only an incident of today because he has caught some measure of understanding of what the presence and power of Christ in his consciousness can do. When you have that understanding, these things seem trivial to you. Don't worry. Even Jesus has his Gethsemane and so do we. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and so we are also in the Garden of Gethsemane. We have the valley experience, 
but we also go to the mountain of transfiguration we have them both occasionally we get up there and actually behold the world of reality and when we do it is the most glorious experience in the world there is not a person not a single individual who having once been the instrument for healing someone has not caught some measure of the vision of the mount of transfiguration we who travel this path do have experience that would if we accept them as reality drag us down utterly but at most they are temporary experiences so let us not lean not to take too seriously the ills that come for a day try not to take them too seriously too seriously sometimes these ills may be a blessing when we reach the state of consciousness which sees the organs as fruit and not as supply as the fruit of supply then we never again can know a financial problem the ills of the flesh or of the body will continue to come in some degree until we reach the realization of spiritual health and body that place in consciousness where we can look at these things with no desire and with no concern as we come into the state of consciousness which knows the organs and functions of the body have nothing at all to do with our life that it is really our life or consciousness that is governing the organs and functions of the body until we come to that we shall see these problems to push us higher and higher into god realization when we no longer have problems of our own they will come to us by way of other people as you work on yourself and bring yourself into a state of consciousness where you're good then you will find other people coming to you with these problems but we must be able to handle our own first and these will keep coming into our thought in one form or another until we arrive at that state of consciousness that can say none of these things moves me i know that the power of life and death is not in the world of effect but in the world of god in consciousness do not forget that the master was learning for a three year period in his ministry it took three full years before he was able to say he that seeth me seeth him that sent me three full years before jesus could say he that seeth me seeth him that sent me then he went through the period first of being a son he went through the period first of being a son a son of man then a son of god and finally he realized i am he and beside me there is no other read the word of god 
he went through the period first of being a son of man, then a son of God, and finally he realized, I am he, and beside me there is no other. So it is with all of the great prophets. All of them went through the period of being human prophets, prophesying human events before they came into the vision of spiritual reality. When you follow Jesus along his path of healing, you are impressed with the fact that he did not set up a healing ministry. That is, he did not establish branches of truth, of truth teaching, centers in which parishioners to do the healing work, nor did he help the disciples to become established in one of the cities after another so that they could perform the miracles of loaves and fishes. What he did was set forth the principle and then he left that for those who could catch it to live by it. He didn't set up no organization. What Jesus did was set forth the principle and then he left it for those who can catch it to live by it. If you can catch it, you will live by it. He preached it and hoped that all the world could and would receive it. Although within himself, he probably knew better. He knew the excuses human being makes not to come. He knew the, the boredom that comes after hearing the same message over and over and over dressed up in different words that's all we do is the same message dressed up in different words over and over and over so he knew the boredom that can come with hearing the same message over and over dressed up in different words he knew all the ways in which the human mind can be sidetracked and he was prepared for them Remembering, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Paul too went out into the service of healing the world. And you need only read his letters to the churches to know his tribulations. He was determined to make Christians of all of them. And you cannot make a Christian of anybody. Don't fool yourself. Paul was determined to make Christians of, of all of them. And you cannot make Christians of anybody. God working in individual consciousness leads a person in the moment of his readiness to the Christ, to the teacher or to the teaching, which is for him. Then he knows. This is it and seizes it. From that moment on, he starts to develop, unfold, externalize, and revile himself of as individual consciousness. The message in the podcast would go on even though I decide to retire tomorrow and leave it up in the mountains or by the seaside nothing can stop this message because it is of Christ it does not need me 
It has never needed me. It would have to come into existence whether I led it to myself or not because somebody else would have led himself to it. This is the mission of this Christ. It will always find a manger in which to be born. And then it will go out into the world in the form of a human being. If one person does not take up the work, another one will. If you feel that is your message and that is your responsibility to carry to the world, you may suffer crucifixion. But it will be your own error that will crucify you because this is not your message. This is the Christ message. We suffer crucifixion in the degree to which we personalize the message. We can suffer crucifixion in other ways also. We can personalize the evil in other persons' life. If we personalize the evil which makes of this man a thief or that man an alcoholic or of another of disease or death, it will come back to us. When they tried to personalize the Christ and sought to worship Jesus, his answer was, Why call it thou me good? When you defy a person, personalize a message or personalize evil, you may be crucified. But you will have crucified yourself. You will have crucified your own harmonious sense of things. And you will have been the one who brought it all onto your own shoulders. When you give out a message, this is the message. It is yours to have or not. As you choose, then there will be no crucifixion for you. You are not claiming personal ownership of the message. If anyone wants to hate it or crucify it, it will not be touching any person. All the crucifixion that will ever come will come to the Christ or to the truth itself. And the truth knows how to resolve it. The only answer that Christ has to persecution and crucifixion is put up thy sword. That's his only answer. The only answer that Christ has to persecution and crucifixion is put up thy sword. You cannot do anything to me. I will prove eternal life on or off the cross. If you can visualize yourself as truth and life and love, how can anyone or anything touch you or reach you with a material whip? Whether that whip be a thing or a thought, is crucifixion not dependent on your acceptance of the belief that you are a person instead of that you are a life eternal? Once you know that you are consciousness, let him try and nail you. Consciousness to cross. Try to entomb consciousness. When you see that point, you are another step further and ever passing on. Remember that every experience of the Christ takes you 
farther and farther away from age, decomposition, and death. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus found that he was alone with God. No one was with him. In the deepest experience that you ever have to go through, you also will find that you are alone. No one can help you through these experiences, even though he may sit with you all night in a room full of people. Still, you are alone. But you and your individual awareness of true identity will save you. There may be six people sitting around your bedside. But when it comes to the final demonstration, all of them together will not carry you through. They can do a great deal for you to a certain point. But then it is you yourself who will enter heaven with the Christ. Remember the thief on the cross? In his last agony, he turned to Christ to bring him through the experience. Probably up to that moment, he had been dependent on the weapons of the world. But in the last minute, he had only Christ. And he had sufficient wisdom to turn to that in his last mortal strife and pray to be taken into heaven. So with us, we too in our human sense are thieves, thieves of time. But one day we come to a place where no human agency can carry us through. And when we have turned to the Christ, because only the Christ is divine, spiritual presence and power of God in our consciousness, only the Christ, and we, in our human sense of lack and limitations, will suffer and will turn to that and will find the answer there. As we turn to Christ, we will find the answer. Alright, I'm going to stop here for tonight. Pastor, I um, I mean, I am amazed at how much we got from the message. The word came through quite clearly and, and my understanding and where Pastor Gloria is taking us is very progressive and God is teaching us the principles for life and some of the principles I picked up in this teaching the first principle is that the God consciousness comes to us in our form wherever we are in the manger at the manger level so that's where we sit and we receive that first almost like a dose of consciousness in the manger. As we continue to spend time and we build this consciousness, the other principle that came through is the principle of the mountain and valley. Because initially, before we get into that Egypt, as we build our consciousness, things seem to be going well. I am, I, I am feeling good on the inside. God is at work. But then the principle of the valley and the mountain comes in. We enjoy the mountain. 
But what she's seen to us in this principle is that valley experience must also be enjoyed because we understand that that valley is not to destroy us, but it is to strengthen the experience that we have been having along the course of our progressive growth. And when we start enjoying that valley experience, we are strengthened. We are strengthened. We are strengthened because that ill is not to destroy. Most times, if not all, Pastor, it comes as a blessing to move us to the next level. It is a progressive growth. And the other principle I got is where she paralleled the life of Christ to confirm that it is a progression. Son, he saw himself as son. Then he saw himself as son of God. And then Jesus realized in his walk that I am he. So we really don't have to worry as we progressively grow. What I think, Pastor, is important is that we stay connected to the source of the teaching so that we can now apply it to our lives so that we can experience the growth. Because what I have experienced, Pastor, sorry to be long, but what I have experienced is as I stay connected to the source of the teaching, I understand it is a progressive growth. And I am taking that and seeing where my consciousness is constantly moving to the various levels. Final principle, pastor, organizational. And, and, and it always has me in a state where I apply what I have learned personally and the consciousness to business. It has to be because our business life is just as important as the other aspect of our life. And pastor said something, a principle again, pastor. If the top of the organization is not at a level of consciousness, it cannot be in the organization itself. So my responsibility is to stay at that level of extremely acute consciousness and allow it to flow. So pastor, I train differently, I mentor differently, I have changed my style of managing a team of people who I am trying to bring to a level of consciousness in God. Oh, Pastor, the principles, let us not miss the fact that it's a principled life to God be the glory. Oh my goodness, Pastor Gloria, this is really something. Christ comes to our human awareness. Wow. Um, I got so many things from this. I did. Let me see if I can articulate it. <laughs> so, uh, when we hear the word of God, um, only some people will actually it will actually resonate with some people not everybody but those that it resonates with 
Christ will come to 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 to, to the consciousness of the people who are prepared to receive. So the people who are prepared to receive will, you know, need to entertain this awareness and spend time in the word, converse with God, let him into your being so that your consciousness can be transformed. And when your consciousness is transformed, we we will experience, you know, the beauty of things. Sometimes it's the beauty. Sometimes we're going to go into low places. But during the low time, we should not get frustrated and lose faith, but understand that sometimes that the low may be a blessing or a learning experience, which may be preparing us for the next level of our walk with Christ. Um, you know, with our awareness in Christ, we should always, always, always realize that God will always have us. He has our back. He'll take care of us. And you mentioned that manna falls every day. So you'll be getting your nourishment every day from God. That's that's what I got. I don't know if I articulated it. Oh my God! I'm, I have a new. I'm newly. I'm so in love. Oh, Sister Anne, that was perfect. That's it. I love it. That is perfect. Now you see, as you articulate that so beautifully, somebody's going to be drawn to that. They're going to listen to the message, and then then they're going to hear your analogy which is so beautiful and then that will encourage them to clear up some thoughts in their own head and encourage them to go even deeper in entertaining the Christ 